Welcome to Cardiology, everybody. Here we are for another victory week. So much more fun to talk about a win than it is to talk about a loss, even though we talk about losses a lot longer. Um, it's a lot easier to fill up time with a loss, that's for sure. But we don't have to do that this week. We get to talk about a, a, a win, although maybe not exactly the way we thought it might have gone. But uh, here to talk to me about this win and kind of uh, debrief everything that happened is our good friend, Sean Donovan. Hi, Sean. How are you doing this week? Uh, Mark, I'm doing great because, like you said, the Browns won. Not in the way we thought they would. All right. But they still won. Yes, yes. This was a this was quite the interesting game. So for those who are unaware, uh the Browns topped the Texans 27-14 in Houston in a game which really pitted the Browns against the worst team uh in the NFL, a team that's really backsliding and and a game that we all considered to be a must-win, a must-win big game. Um but in this game, we saw the Browns become the first NFL team to record two defensive touchdowns and a special teams touchdown in the same game since 2014. Now, they also didn't score a single offensive touchdown. No, they uh, did not. So lots to unpack here. Um, but let's just start with just the idea of, you know, what, what, what are some big takeaways you had, Sean, out of this game? I got plenty I can talk about. What do you got? Yeah, you know, and we talked about it last week with Chris. It's Deshaun Watson was rusty. I mean, he even said it after the game. He said for however many days, 700 days since he's played, he felt every one of those days during this game. You know, um, he had some serious low uh, low passes. Um, the interception that I think he was trying to hit Amari at the back of the end zone, but I don't know how he didn't see um, the DB sitting right there in the middle of it. So yeah, it's just, it, it was rough. Um, and I think we're very lucky. And I said it while we were texting during the game that uh, Houston's offense is more inept than Joe Woods is calling defense. Well, yeah, I think, I think that that's, you know, that's a big takeaway. We'll definitely get into a lot about Watson and, and what he showed or did not show. Um, mm -hmm. in the game. But, I, but I do think, you know, to give credit where credit's due, the defense did keep us in this game. And if it wasn't for the defense, we wouldn't have had a game. Right. Um, now, I do think that it is fair to walk away from this particular performance and say, I'm still not sure how I feel about the defense because, um, you know, a couple of these plays were, they were turnovers. One of the turnovers while, while a really great play um, by Tony Fields was kind of a fluky recovery that Denzel Ward took in for that touchdown. Yeah. Um, but they were there, you know what? They were opportunistic. Um, they played good ball. I don't think that they, they ever really let, Damian Pierce get rolling. Um, no, that was very nice. So, you know, and that's kind of what we talked about before the game. We said we wanted to see them really buckle down on that uh, Texans running game uh, because we really didn't feel like they needed to be concerned with the passing game. 
Um, and they they held that team to 82 yards, which I don't know if we consider that a, a full-bore shutout, but Damian Pierce didn't get more than 73 yards. Um, nobody else even sniffed close. Um, and we really held their passing game to just just over 200 yards. So right. a, a, a pretty solid game from the defense um, special teams. Uh, we would have to give this as a really great rebound for the special teams, which I wasn't sure was really going to happen. Felt like at the beginning of the game, some of the, the kickoff returns from Jerome Ford seemed like pretty weak. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't so sure exactly how we were going to be doing the, the overall kicking game always just gives me, um, concern. <laughs> yeah. And, but then all of a sudden they, they sprung to life. They sprung yeah. to life. They played, they, they covered very well. And then of course, just an excellent, excellent run back by uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, which Absolutely. Uh, he worked for every bit of that run back. Um, you know, stumbling, bumbling. Yeah, down and I field, mean, but he made it. You know as well as I do. Every Browns fan watching that game was like, "There's a flag. There's always a flag when we run something back." <laughs> but it didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> it did not happen. So, so that was good to see. That was good to see that unit um, pull together, have a very solid showing there. Um, and then, like you said, the offense. Then we go to the offense. Uh, this was um, honestly quite the stinker um, from the offense. I think the only thing that you can really look at as as a big positive was the number of yards of the rushing attack. Uh, yeah. We did run for 174 yards. Yeah. Um, that was split pretty well between Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, um, and then, you know, Deshaun Watson put in about uh, just over 20 yards of rushing as well to kind of mm-hmm. kind of help with that effort. Um, but the passing game, when we were on last week, I said I, I thought Deshaun Watson would do something around 250 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. And I thought that was going to be fairly mediocre. Um, well, if that was mediocre, then this was right. just poor. I think. You know, rust, you, you have to believe rust is a big part of it. Um, you know, when you're when you're skipping balls into the receivers, there's something going on with your mechanics, whether it is just rushing it um or you know, gun shy. I don't I don't know exactly what that might be. Right. Um I would say that, you know, I was I was surprised to see him that unprepared or that not ready Mm -hmm. um i wasn't surprised to see rust at all um i wasn't surprised to see bonehead mistakes you you mentioned that interception that's a bonehead mistake and and i I wasn't super surprised by it um but you know he definitely didn't do anything that would smooth the way or completely ingratiate him with either Browns fans or the NFL in general, I think, you know, it, it's going to take time. Oh, um, yeah. And the, now the question is just going to be how they bounce back and, and where they go from there. Um, I did, you know, as, as I watched this game, um, I did feel pretty good 
about coaching in general. You know, I, I think that at first, the first half was a pretty balanced game plan. Um, you know, we were, we ended the first half pretty much equal number of passes versus rushes. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we came out in the second half and we basically just said, okay, well, you know, this passing game is not going anywhere. Um, so we'll just keep running the ball. Um, now I don't think the runs and the yards were as, as easy to come by as we might've thought. Um, the averages were still good. You got Nick Chubb with about a 4.7 average on 17 carries, uh, Kareem Hunt with a 6.2 off of nine carries. Right. So they were definitely getting them. Um, I just, they just weren't completely getting away. And I, you know, I think that you watch the Houston Texans and, and we talked about it uh, last week. They remind me a ton of where we were when we were with the, the one in 31 years. Yeah. Um, you know, in that same boat, you know, the ability to maybe pull some things together, be able to do some things okay, and just not be able to overcome other things. Um, in this case, you know, I thought, um, you know, you have to say that their defense played really well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they they held our offense to two field goals. Right. Um, so they held our offense to six points. That's a heck of an effort by mm-hmm. defense. Now, unfortunately for them, that's not really where the points were coming from, um, right. and they couldn't they couldn't hold out some of the other mistakes. But, but I do think it's very concerning as you look at this as a Browns fan heading into some very very difficult games coming forward. Um, you know, the the offense really didn't click at all. Um, and, and I feel like even if you take, um, Deshaun Watson out of that equation that, that I I guess I kind of just expected a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know about expecting more, but definitely hoping for more. Um, and you know what, um, before we get too far out, I want to give a shout out to Joel Batonio, who is our representative for the Walter Payton man of the year award. Um, I guess his the work he's been doing with sick kids and their families just really shown, you know, stood out to uh, the Browns. So he was picked as our rep for the Walter Payton Award, which is, as we all know, a huge deal in the NFL. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we continue to be graced by some really good guys that play yeah. on the team um, and who do a lot in the community. Joel being one of them um, and being this year's representative is really, really cool. Um, he also, um, to transition back to, to play, he happens to be the only, the only lineman right now who seems to be playing right. at the level that we're used to seeing. Uh, yeah. You know, he continues to have a really strong year. Um, I think we're suffering a lot from the injuries oh, at yeah. center. Um, you know, Ethan Ethan Pushik looked good um, mm-hmm. and played very well um, when he came in to basically uh, cover Nick Harris's injury. Right. Um, but now, you know, now that we're to our third center, um, I think we're having some trouble there. Um, I think Froll's doing as much as he can, right? Um, but I but I think we just have to understand the skill set. But I think one of the things that's really really started to stick out. 
is the kind of lackluster play of the other members of this offensive line. I think Wyatt Teller continues to have trouble getting back um, from where he was prior to his injuries at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think uh, really seems like Jack Conklin is struggling um, as he also comes back from some, not just early injuries this year, but some lagging injuries from last year. Right. Um, and then the, the spotlight continues, um, you know, to kind of hit our left tackle. Yeah. Um, Chedrick Wills just does not seem uh, – I, I don't know. I, I it it definitely seems like he is either lost, without confidence, without fire. Yeah. I'm not sure what it is. And and you know, at different times throughout the year, you know, I know he's been a he's been a pretty easy target on on the offensive line. Um, and in some respects. He's gotten a little bit of a bad rap because the Browns, you know, they run this zone blocking scheme. And sometimes if there's not somebody in your zone, your job isn't to leave your zone. Right. Your job is to be there. Um, and so sometimes that can look like he's not blocking anybody. Um, but what I saw, you know, this past week, and and it is definitely a trend, has been him basically giving up on a block. Um, you know, he gets beat on a block. I don't see him trying to recover it. Mm -hmm. I don't see him going back after it. Don't see him looking for someone else to block. Um, it seems like he just stops. And so, um, you know, that led to, you know, uh, some rough times in the backfield for, for Watson, um, yeah. you know, getting used to this line, um, having those kind of those issues come through, um, you know, some pressures, um, there was only one sack, but there were some QB hits mm -hmm. um, and and those type of things. And I think we talked about it at the very end of our preview episode last week where we said, you know, this offensive line, you know, they're not performing the last couple games the way we expect them to. And it's it's really started to stick out quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked about it before with with Wills. And it seems like he's just standing there watching guys go past him. And, you know, like you said, it's the zone blocking thing. And he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. But still, it just, you're there for a reason. Right, right. I mean, you know, I, I, I've heard some people say, you know, this might just be a situation of a guy who's just never really going to pick up left tackle the way you want him to. Um, you know, it's a little bit surprising to me though, because you, he, he was a decent first round draft pick with some, potential. Oh, yeah. you know, his first year, he showed a lot of potential. Right. Um, was he, was he, you know, kind of out of position sometimes? Sure. Was he, was he, you know, as polished as you'd like? Not really. But then again, he was coming from playing four years of right tackle. Right in college to moving to our left tackle, which is never really seems to be a good idea. No. Um, but so then he had last year, some injuries, some nagging stuff going on, um, never really got any kind of momentum. And then this year just doesn't seem to be getting it back either. Um, so I've heard some people say, you know, this just might be a situation where you have a guy who needs to go back to right tackle. 
that he might still have some skills, might have st- still have something to show you, but he needs to get back to where he's he's used to playing. Um, with the contract for Jack Conklin coming up um, and the nagging injuries he has, that might not be so surprising when mm. we go looking into next year um, to see that kind of shift. But I think the challenge is then, though, who's gonna who's gonna mm-hmm. take over? Right. Um, so how, how you attack that? I mean, that's really a position that if you're going to move Jedrick Wills over, you're going to have to find a way to attack that in free agency um, because you don't have the kind of draft capital to go after um, a top left tackle. Top left tackles are awful hard to find. Um, so how they address that and how they go forward with that will be interesting to see. But, you know, I, I do think, again, you know, trying to trying to hype up a little bit for, I mean, this was a win. Um, no, absolutely it was. It was, and... was a win with, with authority. Um, we said we wanted to see at least a two-score win. Well, we got a two-score win. Uh, yeah, Chris pretty much... Uh... Hit that right on the head. He said 28-14, and it was 27-14. So. It, was, it was really close. And I think that we continue to see some good things from some role players. Um, you know, I I do like how the receiving core is playing, um, with the exception of Anthony Schwartz. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I think that they, they, they've been playing pretty well. I don't think that this this – lackluster passing game this past game game had anything to do with them um you know uh donovan peoples jones continued to be consistent pulled in all of his targets yeah 44 Um, yards yeah amari cooper you know maybe didn't get get as many of his targets but at the same token (laughs) he's the one where the ball kept skipping into him right um and so more than a couple times um, he had an opening and the ball just wasn't getting right to his gut. Um, and then Anthony Schwartz, I, you know, I continue to just wonder, I, I really wonder why he's even getting suited up anymore. I, I yeah. think, I think the one gadget play that he pulls off every game is not really worth the other, the other bonehead plays that get made throughout. And so right. I, I just think that, um, you know, if you want to, if you want to say that Anthony Schwartz was a project, it's his second year, you know, we got to see what we can get, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, well, we can do that at practice. You know, this mm-hmm. is this is game times now. And we're seeing all this stuff. There's got to be somebody. Um, we had a, a Demetric Felton sighting on, did, on the yeah. offense, which was shocking. Now, unfortunately, the ball got bounced to him as well on a swing pass. But, yeah. you know, without... Um, David and Joku in the game to kind of have any kind of presence over the middle. Um, there was some slim pickings and some slim stuff going on. Yeah. Um, I think you have to beat the bad teams. So, you know, we <laughs> you mentioned we were all texting back and forth. And, and I do think that that's one of the things that you have to remember is, you know, when the Browns were in the Houston Texans spot, uh, there wasn't a single good team that laid off us. Right. Um, you know, when, when they beat us, they beat us bad. Um, and I think that you have to go in, you have to win these games, you have to put them away. Um, you know, there's still this crazy outside chance for your season. 
Right, um, right. And in order to even come close to getting to that chance, you got to get these easy wins. And then you have to get the momentum that comes off of winning. Um, you know, this is, this is back-to-back wins, which is great. Um, you have a defense that even if we're all skeptical about should be feeling a little bit good with themselves. Oh, absolutely. Now they're, yeah. now they're going to have a big challenge coming into the Cincinnati game with, yeah. um, with, uh, Sione Takitaki going down. Right. Season. As a big loss. Yeah. You know, season ending injury. And um, Jamar Chase is back. Jamar Chase is back. Now, you know, and we'll talk about it uh, later this week when we do our Cincinnati preview. Um, I think the one thing that might be on our side with, um, with that is that our defensive backs seem to all be healthy and, you know, the Jamar Chase matchup is, you know, knock on wood, been a successful one for the Browns yeah. um, in, in recent meetings. So we'll see how that goes. But but I do think, you know, some good things to to build upon. You know, I, I'm hoping that we are not letting off the gas at all in, in the locker room and the coaching of this because there's still a lot that needs to be cleaned up. Um, no. But it was good to see. It was it, it was it was nice to see them get a hold of the game and right. and actually hold on to it. I I probably would have liked to have seen it come from the offense, but you know a win is a win is a win. So we'll we'll get that going. Um, <laughs> Better lucky than good. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, as we transition just from our debrief of the game and we start to uh, think about next week and some other things. Um, I want to make sure we take our break. We hear from our sponsor. And when we get back, we want to kind of put a bow on this one. We'll talk about our game balls for this week um, before we get too far into thinking about the coming of the Bengals and how that is going to play out. So we will catch everyone on the other side of this word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, it's Mark from the Cardiology Podcast, and I have an important question for you. Does your garage make you happy? If your life is anything like mine, the space in your garage just goes to waste because of overwhelming and embarrassing clutter. I mean, with all the tools, the toys, the bikes, the equipment, and whenever you open that garage door, that mess just hits you right in the gut. But it doesn't have to be that way. The team at CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More wants to help you take advantage of every inch of space your garage has to offer with their full turnkey design and installation services for garage cabinets, flooring, and other storage solutions. But don't be confused. The solutions they provide are not the cookie cutter racks and plastic bins you find at all the big box stores. From showroom quality garage flooring to durable powder-coated wood garage cabinets, CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More has everything you need to turn your garage into the organized space of your dreams and have every one of your neighbors green with envy. So if you're tired of the mess and ready to bring the garage of your dreams into your everyday reality, you owe it to yourself and your family to check out all of the fantastic solutions CBs has to offer. You can contact Chris Burdett and his team today by heading to their website at www.cbscustomgarageinteriors.com 
or you can give them a call at 330-542-8416. On the site, you can request a free garage makeover guide packed with all kinds of great ideas and solutions that'll spark your imagination and help you visualize all of the potential your garage has to offer. It's time to feel the joy of a garage that meets all of your functional needs and looks fantastic too. Please let Chris help you make your dreams a reality today. Call him at 330-542-8416 or check him out online at www.cbscustomgarageinteriors.com and let Chris help you love your garage again. Welcome back to Cardiology, everybody. Well, it's time for our game ball segment um, where we talk about who we kind of picked out of the Browns top performers that we think earned special recognition this week. So um, I will look to you, Sean, as I usually do, let you go first. Um, who do you, who are you going to hand out your game ball to this week? You're always so cordial letting us go first with our game balls. Um, obviously it's got to go to Donovan Peoples Jones. I mean, I know you're, you were expecting me to say Nick Chubb, but you break off a 76 yard punt return for a touchdown. You get a game ball. Uh, it's that's all there is to it. And I mean, he took every, he got three targets. He caught all three of them for 44 yards on top of that. And then, um, he had another two punt returns and yeah, it's just, it's got to go to him. And I can't believe I'm saying it. I like a kid from Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I think that, you know, one of the, one of the big parts of, of that whole, um that whole situation and and being able to bring that about was i mean we were down five nothing at that point in the game right <laughs> and it, it was a weird five nothing you know we'd given up a field goal um after a fumble it was a a fumble from watson um and then we'd given up a field goal we felt, felt kind of decent and everything and then then you turn around and you give up a safety almost immediately. Right. Um, and that was just brutal. Um, you know, that was all those offensive woes we were talking offensive line woes we were talking about all all kind of showed up right there. Um, so it was timely, it swung the momentum right right away. Um, it was it was a great thing to have happen, um, you know, right at that point in the game. Um, you know, you're in the, you're in the second quarter, you're head, getting ready to head towards halftime and at least get something up on the board, start right. to take back control of what was going on. Um, so it was really good. And it was a, it was a hard fought run. I mean, yeah. he, he had some space to start that punt return, but almost all of it was effort it was yeah. just effort by him getting away. Um, you know, and, and not to continue to dog Anthony Schwartz, but I, th- I think I sent the text to you guys. DPJ was running away from Anthony Schwartz and running mm-hmm. away from everybody else on the field. So he was showing some right. significant jets right. in that particular run back. Well, I am going to uh I'm gonna go with Tony Fields. Of um, course. You know, it just a performance out of nowhere, to be honest. I mean, yeah. you have 
a forced fumble, a recovered fumble, and an interception for a touchdown, which, you know, and one, as we talked about, that forced fumble was recovered by Denzel Ward and returned for a touchdown itself. So Tony Fields is responsible for half of the <laughs> scoring that occurred in this game. Right. Um, and so, you know, I bravo to him. I hope it bodes well for things to come because Tony Fields is going to have to play a big part oh, yeah. in this defense with uh, the absence of Taki Taki. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it was, it was really good to see. It was good to see opportunistic defense right. and it was nice to see some turnovers on top of the fumbles and the interception. You know, he also put in, um, I believe he got four or four total tackles three of which were solo tackles. So he was, he was really all over the place. Um, yeah. And, and that was really, it was good to see. It was nice to have that in there. Um, you know, we also got the interception from John Johnson in there as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it was just a really good defensive effort. So yeah, I'm going to have to give it to Tony Fields, you know, Hopefully, I'll get to say his name over and over again for yeah. the rest of the season. Hopefully, you need to give one to his dad too. I don't know if you saw that clip when that. he threw after he made the touchdown for the, uh, with the interception. He threw it into the field, uh, into the stands, and his dad like toppled over seven people to get to that ball. <laughs> I did see that. Uh, it's that's effort, effort everywhere. So good on the Fields family for showing all that good effort and and showing up in this game. Well. I think, you know, really, there's not, I don't know that there's a whole lot more to say about this game. It seems weird. We talk about it all the time and, and, you know, you and I have talked about it. It's so much easier to come on after a loss. Yeah. Um, you know, it sounds silly. It's more fun to come on after a win. Um, it might be easier to fill the airwaves with after a loss. Right. Um, you get more airtime. And I just think that the big thing about this game, it's going to continue to be about where do we go from here with Deshaun Watson? Um, you know, it's all going to be about expectations. Um, you know, there's a, there's a population of Browns fans who think we should run the table. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that I can count myself as one of those. I think that, uh, uh, it, it would be, it would be a, a big ask. Yeah. I was to, just about to say, that's a big ask. <laughs> um, now what do I, what do I want to see? I, I, you know, we've got three division games coming. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I feel like um, I need to see one solid win. I need to see one competitive game, if not a second win. Um, and then I don't want to be blown out by a division. Right. That's kind of what, what I'm looking at. I, I, I think it's going to be tough. Um, you know, we've got Cincinnati um, this week. Um, we got Baltimore right after that. Um, yeah, you know, but Baltimore, um, Baltimore's hurting now. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, you know, the news today, uh, Lamar Jackson sprained his PCL in his knee. I don't even know what that ligament is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're saying one to three weeks on a return from that. Yeah. And, and so well, and we it might be facing depends, right? Tyler Huntley. Yeah, it all depends on what's going on now. Um I'm not positive, but I feel like the last time we faced Tyler Huntley wasn't necessarily a a joyous experience for us either. Um, that said, 
um, it is a completely different team, right? Because yeah. when you're when you're facing the Ravens, they're built they're built around Lamar Jackson. That's that's part of why um, John Harbaugh gets the accolades that he gets is because mm-hmm. that he was willing to completely rework his offense, his thoughts around Lamar Jackson. So when you take Lamar Jackson out of that equation. Um, there's a lot resting on his shoulders in each game. So yeah, whether he's going to be on the field or not here in two weeks, that'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, obviously before we even get to them, we got to get through Cincinnati, um, who is red hot, yeah. um, coming off a very impressive win against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, but you know, the Browns do have. Um, so some, some momentum heading into against Cincinnati. So we'll so we'll have to see how that goes. You know, another another big storyline that that has come out this week, and and we'd probably be remiss if we didn't bring it up, was the the release and pickup of one Baker Mayfield from the Carolina Panthers, um, now with the Los Angeles Rams. And so this seems like um, this seems like this was a little bit of a, a a parting in somewhat good faith. I don't I don't know that anybody on that end in in Carolina really expected that they would be cutting him loose in the middle of the year, right? Um, and that he wouldn't be uh, a big part of their quarterback room. But all reports are that he basically went to them, said, "Hey, it looks like you're going to go into a different direction." Um, this would probably be a good time to cut me. And with all of the quarterback injuries that are starting to pile in here at the end of the year, um, it was a good time for him to find a home. Now, interestingly enough that he ended up in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. Because Los Angeles is not having a very good year. Um, but it is an interesting situation. So um, Matthew Stafford is out with a bruised spinal cord. Right. Um, which, you know, um, I actually heard uh, on the radio, I heard Ross Tucker, uh, a former um, NFL great talk, and he explained that it is the injury that he retired from huh. um, that essentially a to bruise your spinal cord means that you have to have hit it with one of your vertebrae. You have to, you know, that makes sense. If you think Ooh. about it, think about it. Your vertebrae ha- is supposed to protect your spinal cord for, right, for it to right. bruise. It's got to hit the vertebrae, right? Um, and he said, as far as he knows, the only way to actually keep that from happening again is a spinal fusion to actually fuse the vertebrae together to keep wow. whatever one that was moving from moving. Um, and he ended up retiring because of it. And so... Here's Matthew Stafford, who has had some pretty significant injuries and pretty significant stuff happened to him over the years. Yeah. Um, so Baker Mayfield, at first glance, this was like, well, why would you want to go to L.A.? You know, now you're going to sit in L.A. They're not very good. You wanted to go to a contender, but they're not contending. But they may be out without their starting quarterback and yeah, I mean, for a really long time. So I don't know if this is a place where Baker can, can catch hold and maybe um, get some tutelage from Sean McVay and, and, and make, make something out of this career. Um, 
you know, or not. Uh, you know, I'm I'm one of those people. I, I don't I don't subscribe to a lot of Baker Mayfield hate. Um, I just think it just didn't work out, and it right. and it didn't work out, and and you know, I'm way over complaining about how he played or what he did or any of that kind of stuff. Um, but I do think that, you know, he's a polarizing guy. And so this is, this is probably, you know, he, he might be coming up on, it sounds horrible for a short career, but he might be coming up with some of his last chances to really get a solid starting job. I mean, you, you could look at the, the Carolina situation that should have set itself up. Um, if he was the baker that we cheered for mm-hmm. um that was setting up as a place that he should have been able to take that starting job now if he's the baker that you didn't cheer for um it looks like maybe we got out right at the right time right uh, so um it'll be interesting to see how that goes yeah i i think everybody you know when the news broke yesterday that uh Carolina was going to release him. Everybody was immediately thinking San Francisco uh-huh. because uh-huh. of um, Jimmy G going down. But Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, he came up strong stepping in there. So it'll be interesting to see what he does for the rest of the season. He did. And interestingly enough, like um, I'd, I'd heard a lot of people say that they thought the strategy was going to be that that the Rams would put in a claim because if nothing else, they were going to want to take, keep San Francisco from getting farther away. Um, I'm not sure how much I buy that, you know, the, the Rams are sitting um, at uh, yeah, three they, and nine. Yeah, um, they're gonna so, I so I don't really know that, that catching San Francisco is their top priority. Um, but there's also reports that no one else put a claim in. Um, that's, that's a very interesting, um, aspect to this. And, and I would have thought that San Francisco would have wanted to have another arm, um, practice for anything, but, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens there on that front. Um, you know, the other big injury is San Francisco with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. And the whole reason we did have Brock Purdy was Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt again. Um, reports are that um, he he did miss having a fracture in his foot. Yeah. Uh, well, they said seven to eight weeks, so he could come back, but it wasn't a list Frank injury or anything like that, so he doesn't need surgery. So I'm assuming he's going to be in a walking boot for that whole time. Yeah, and that's – I mean, that's a real shame. I mean, I still – you know, it'll be interesting to see how San Francisco bounces back to see if they can, um, if they can make it work with Brock right behind there. I mean, um, you know, this is Kyle Shanahan brought along JJ Bethard for a while and, and made that work. So can mm-hmm. he make it work, um, through, I mean, they've got a crushing defense, yeah. um, and they really have just an overload of weapons available on the offensive side of the ball. So, um, it does set itself up good for someone to just manage that offense and, and work through. But, um, you know, this is, this was a hot team. They were starting to roll. Um, you know, you feel a little bit for Jimmy G. I think that, I think everybody can kind of agree that, um, for a quarterback who was, 
basically pushed out of the way for his replacement, wasn't wasn't released to go find another job, right. came back that he has continued to show a lot of professionalism, at least in front of the camera and yeah. where everybody can see him. Um, so, you know, I really hope he bounces back from this injury and then he gets a shot somewhere, um, to really, you know, not look over his shoulder for a while. Right. Um, see, you never know that might be with the Rams, uh, after the season's done, it could be, I, I've heard some people talk about the jets. There's, there's a lot of different options that are out there, but, um, huh. let's see, but yeah, so a lot of different stories around, um, uh, OBJ, seems to be starting to decide what he's going to do. However, reports are that um, after his interviews with Dallas, that they're not sure that he's going to be ready um, by mid-January. So the question will be whether or not anybody pulls the trigger on signing him now versus just waiting until, you know, the the spring to make sure that he's completely healthy. So um, I do believe he's got a couple more interviews going on around everywhere. Um, and this is actually this week is the last week of the bye weeks. Um, so this is this is the final push um, for a lot of people going into you know a lot of fantasy football games and everything. I know I have um, I I saw a team. Yeah, I know Sean, you're in this league with me, and um, we're going to leave names out of this. But there's a team in our in our league who literally has three players who are active this week coming week. Every huh. other play, every other player on the team is on by. Wow! And I'm just going to leave it out to you know the people who may be listening, who may know what team we're referring to, and I'll just say their record speaks to exactly this situation. Um, but so it is, it is quite interesting there. I know a lot of people just trying to piece those things together. You get th- teams like Green Bay who are getting the late by, see if they can get right, see if they can get healthy. So. Um, an interesting, an interesting way to head into week 14, but well, Sean, I want to, I want to say thanks for coming on. Uh, we will talk to you. A little thanks bit for having me. Yeah. We're going to, we'll, Sean will be joining me again this week. Um, as we get into our preview episode, uh, for the big matchup when our Browns need to travel South, um, to Cincinnati in order to take on those red hot Bengals. Um, So we will be back a little later this week to talk through um, some of the keys to that game and what we'll be looking for. Um, But until then, um, we get to enjoy, at least for a few more days, another Browns win. Um, You know, it was a good sports weekend in Ohio. Let's hope it keeps going. uh, The Buckeyes are, are made it back into, they snuck into the end of the college football playoff. Yeah. Notre Dame's going to a decent bowl game. Um, the Cavs had an up and down weekend, but, but, you know, uh, they're a young team. I, I like watching them a lot, but, uh, and the, and the guardians, the guardians signed a free agent. That yeah, was Josh Bell. Yeah. They, they, they signed a free agent. So that's always like, you know, that's like groundhog's day. Like, you know, you don't know what that <laughs> means for the season. Does that mean the, the statues saw their shadow and we're going to end up in the bottom of the division? Or does that mean that, that you know, we get spring comes early and we get to have another competitive year. I don't know, but, but uh, it was a good sports weekend topped off with the Browns win. Um, so for all of us here at cardiology, 
We thank you for listening. As always, you can check us out on our website at www.cardiology with a K, CLE.com. Or you can check us out on your favorite streaming service, whether that be Amazon, Apple, or Spotify. Um, we'd love to hear any feedback you have. Um, but if you're out there listening, thanks. You can just keep listening if you want to. Um, but anytime you have any feedback or, or you just want to reach out to us, uh, feel free to check us out on the website. There's plenty of opportunities to provide that feedback or, or send some emails or anything like that. But um, so for Sean, for me, everyone, let's enjoy the last of this victory week and let's get ourselves hyped and ready for a big win, hopefully in Cincinnati to keep this momentum going. So let's go on out there and let's say go Browns. <laughs> Thanks everybody. See you soon. <laughs>